All of a sudden, this phrase, this phrase everybody's been woke. <laughs> well, guess what? The rest of the working class people in America have been awakened and realized, whoa. <laughs> Come on, man. What are we talking about? Right, right and wrong. Come on, man. What are we talking about? Right, right and wrong. Corn Pop was a bad dude. Whoa. Corn Pop was a bad dude. Whoa. Come on, man. What are we talking about? Right, right and wrong. Come on, man. What are we talking about? Right, right and wrong. Welcome to Right and Wrong. I'm your host for today, Brian Ruka. With me, as always, over there is my man, Juicebox, producing this show for us. He is fired up these days, ladies and gentlemen. I gotta tell you, since we started the show here, it's like we uh, poked a bear. We woke up a sleeping giant by the name of Juice. He has been on fire since we started this thing. Uh, me and him are in this group text with a few other uh, knuckleheads that we're friends with. And Juice over there is usually one of the more quiet people on there. Chimes in from time to time here and there with something pretty good. More or less just reads what the rest of us are saying, though. Bro. Kid has flipped the script lately. The last two weeks... He has been leading the conversation on there, finding stuff to talk about, all fired up about the Right and Wrong podcast. He's just out there looking to destroy wokeism any way that he can, and he's bringing that talent right here to the show for us. Glad we got you fired up over there, Juice. Keep it up, brother. All right. Today, we're going to talk about the male swimmer who dominated the female competition. We're also going to talk about the unbearable woke content that we're forced to consume these days and we're also going to get into a letter from um conservatives within the disney company who want to push back against the uproar for the so-called don't say gay bill oh and i can't forget that we have a fantastic come on man and it's going to be covering racism so stay tuned for that other than that I think we're ready to rock and roll right juice i'm ready you ready you me you me Butabis? Emilio! All right. Let's get going, brother. Bring it to the show. Showtime! Woo! 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 All right. So, did you hear the good news over there, Juice? I'm up to uh, 35 followers now on on Twitter. You know that? Whoa. Only took me about a month, and, uh, and I got t- almost 20 more followers. We started this thing, I had 17. So, look at that. We're making progress. Let's keep up the good work, okay? In some big news that we got, yesterday, I'm recording this on Wednesday, so yesterday I finally heard back from the Boston Public School Office of Equity, and it was about the story that I told you guys about last week with my son and the gender identity, sexual orientation story that they were given in in English language arts class. And you can go and check out um, last week's episode to hear all the details about that. So I hear back from this this person who's um, in charge of the equity department, and it the conversation went nowhere. It was um, two people speaking completely different languages. But anyways, this woman told me that that race, gender, religion, sexual orientation, they're all part of the same same viewpoint of inclusion in diversity and at their core to every teaching aspect of the Boston public school system, in particular, the school that my children attend. There would be no way that they could ensure that my son wouldn't be subjected to material covering these topics going forward. And they determined that the story that I brought to them was not part of a sexual health education class, which I agree with. And they also determined that it is age appropriate. So my big problems are, who are you to decide what is age appropriate for my kid when it comes to teaching children that they can change their identity and change their sex? He's in the fifth grade. He does not need to know stories like that. He does not need to be taught stories that are clearly aimed with an ideological message in that they're taught to them. At an age like this, because the left, the progressives, the people who are in these school systems running them 
are hoping to get to these kids at an early enough age that this will shape their worldview for the rest of their lives. And they're trying to cut off us as parents as being that guiding light for them. So you're completely robbing me of my parental responsibility. I understand that most people in the world these days are happy to give up that responsibility. They're happy to, uh, to give that over to somebody else, but I'm not. And neither is, neither is my wife. We're not. So that doesn't sit well with me at all. Oh, the, the last piece on, on this part before shifting is uh, the public meeting of the school committee is tonight, Wednesday, the 23rd. So I signed up to be able to speak during the public um, comment section. And I'm either going to have two or three minutes to be able to speak my case. And uh, hopefully we'll be able to get some video footage of that that I can put up there on, on YouTube, Rumble, um, cause we definitely need to start getting that, that content up there, but I'm, I'm, I'm excited to be able to, to at least speak some truth in a meeting like this. So this whole thing though, that this whole story ties into a much bigger problem and, and it's a bigger problem than our society. It's that people that have a conservative, a religious, a, a, a different moral, um, viewpoint of the world are being left out. They're, they're being ignored and they're being bullied by the left and the progressives. So a, a great example for me is being a city worker. I work for the city of Boston. How many other people work for the city of Boston that are afraid to speak up? You're afraid to speak up like this because you're afraid of losing your job. How many people you, you see the Boston first responders um, that, that started their own own union because they were against being forced to be vaccinated. How many people got that vaccine just because their job was being hung over their heads and they really didn't want to? How is that right? And it's not just with city government, you know? And, and not for nothing, even if you don't lose your job, you know, I'm, I'm speaking out like this in a podcast. When, uh, when I head back to work after, um, after being out injured with a, with a bad back, Let's see how I get treated. Let's see if um, let's see if I get changed on a different shift, or see if I uh, if I get you know passed over for a promotion or anything like that. It's it's the power they hold over you, and myself included for years just kept my mouth shut because you know I need to think about my family. Obviously, I would like to to be able to have a pension at the end of the day. But I'm at the point now in my life where I need to decide what kind of a person I am and what kind of an example I want to set for my family and what is right and what is wrong. And that, that's the whole idea of this podcast. It's, it's, I've had enough of sitting back and just keeping your mouth shut because you're, uh, you don't want to rock the boat and, and you're afraid of retaliation at work and might end up stymieing my career it's over for me right now that is done I'm, I'm not going to keep my mouth shut when it comes to these things how many different people work for a union union workers and they just vote with whatever the union tells them to vote for right you know if you're an electrician or a plumber great you're making some awesome money I get that and I know you got to put food on your table but just remember when you go and you vote for the democrat that the union tells you to vote for that person that democrat is in favor of sexualizing your children so if you're that that electrician that plumber that carpenter you better realize that your fourth grade student your first grade student your fifth grade student they're going to be taught that they can change their sex if they want and if you don't think it can happen to you this is happening right down the street from where i live this is right here in the boston public school system and you know what? There's parents that will tell you the same stuff's happening in the charter schools. So you're not better off there. So you got to be careful. And, and we got to stop playing scared because it's a game of chicken. They're sitting there. They know they can hold this job over your head. So that's why they do it to us. Same with these big corporations. You know, who wants to be the person who speaks out um, to their CEO who, who sends a statement about anything that's going on? Uh, socially or, or culturally in our in our world, how many people worked for a company that their CEO sent 
sent out emails about the George Floyd um, murder or, or about the George Floyd trial. Try be some try try being somebody who who disagreed with that narrative. Did you feel like you could speak up, or did you feel like you might lose your job, or or eventually be forced out because they'd make it so uncomfortable for you? So we got to stop letting them hold that over us. And I get that it's tough. So how are we going to change that? Right. Well, number one, we have to decide that we're really going to stop selling our souls to these people. We're not going to, I'm not going to sell my soul and I'm not going to, I'm not going to give away everything that I believe just for a paycheck because there's got to be another way. And you know what? That's what's inspired me to do this podcast. That's what makes me want to be self-reliant. I don't want to have to rely on on this nonsense to earn a paycheck. Hopefully, with your help and with Producer Juice's help over there, we're going to make this podcast take off. And then we can focus on exposing more of this. And we can actually turn this into a full-time gig. That's what I want to do. That's what I would love to do with this podcast. So that's how we're going to beat this stuff. We need more people to want to start their own businesses, to take that risk and to bet on yourselves. So please start waking up to this. Help me grow this and look to see what you can do to make more money on your own so you're not dependent on these corporations, these unions, and these government positions. All right, so the next story that we're going to hit is about Leah Thomas. Uh, I'm sure you've heard about this one already, but Leah is uh, the male swimmer who used to be called William Thomas that competed in the NCAA swimming championships and smoked bro. his competition. Bro, come on. It's, it's cheating, bro. <laughs> bro. William decided he was going to be Leah and switched and decided to start competing against girls. And you have been shamed, ridiculed, and bullied into pretending like this is somehow okay. I'm sure you've heard about it, and it gets mainstream media, tries to label it right-wing bigots, uh, you know, transphobia, all this type of stuff. So, end of the day, it's a guy. He still has a penis. He's been on testosterone blockers for a year, I believe it's been. So, I, I don't know how anybody in their right mind can look at that and think that that's an even playing field. I mean, that guy's got big, broad, hulking shoulders. Of course that's going to benefit him in a swim. He's He smokes his competition. He's coming close to setting records. And he was a mediocre at best swimmer when he was competing against males. It's nothing derogatory. I'm not trying. Nobody wants to be cruel. I feel bad for for Leah Thomas. He's clearly dealing with some psychological problems. He he's he's got gender dysphoria. He's delusional about the world around him and people are just enabling that delusion. People are people are allowing him to continue with this delusion and not only enable but but praise him as well. He's getting praised for this. I mean, I saw um, a headline from from a NBC News story that compared Leah Thomas to Jackie Robinson. That's what it said. That's what the clickbait on it said. And, and it was from a professor at the University of Purdue. And I forget I forget the name. Cook, I think. Carol, Carolyn Cook? Something like that. But anyways, the, the, the whole story was about how great this is for it's it's breaking down barriers and it is uh 
It's making sure that there's no more segregation in the world. And this is a college professor that wrote this. It, it's mind-boggling to me that someone could actually try to defend that stance. So the good thing was there are a lot of people, you know, that are passionate both sides on this issue. So one of my favorite new Twitter follows that Juice turned me on to over there is um, at rapid fire underscore pod. Uh, and, and the woman's name is Sav, I believe is how, how you might say it. But she goes around to um, college campuses when, when I was going through her Twitter there, and she's constantly like interviewing people, talking, asking, asking people that are protesting on both sides, like why they're there, what they're doing, all of that. And uh, it, it's funny that I went to go um, see if there was anything new on there yesterday, and I saw that her Twitter account is, is suspended at the moment. So God only knows what she must have did to upset the... Uh, the social media tyrants up there who decided to block her her account. So anyway, she had on there a story where she was talking to a student that was roommates with a Virginia Tech swimmer who ended up missing the cut for this um, championship by one person. So I guess 16 people qualified to make it to the meet, and this Virginia Tech student was number 17 and the girl talking in the interview says her friend was was in tears everything she worked for is just gone and stolen from her by william thomas she worked so hard is what her friend said and this was her senior year she was looking for this this was it for her. even if she competed and came in 16th place robbing her the opportunity of of being able to go to something like that be a part of it that's something that that girl would have remembered for the rest of her life. But it's women swimming. I don't really care all that much about the intricacies of what is going on in the college swimming front. But I do care about the ridiculousness of a man competing against females and, and being accepted, being told that that is reality. That's the problem I have with it. And this is, if we ignore it, if we don't care because it's, oh, it's, it's female swimming, what, what does that have to do with me? That's just part of it. That, that's the beginning of it, and it just is going to expand and expand and expand. So we have to care about that. Nobody made a better case about this than um, one, of, one of my favorite podcasters, Matt Walsh from The Daily Wire. Juice was all excited when he heard that that. Mr. Walsh was going to show up on the Georgia Tech campus last week and give a speech about this whole situation. So Juice found out he's in that area. He, uh, of course, made sure he, he was going to be in attendance for this. He showed up and he actually um, he saw the, the girl from Rapid Fire interviewing people. He was kind of like listening in. He was trying to introduce himself to some, to some people around the way. He was talking up the right and wrong podcast, hopefully, but he went into the, to the talk and on the way in, there were a few people with like, you know, signs, F Matt Walsh and you're a bigot, transphobe, all this stuff. And Juice, you know, he went into the talk. You uh, will actually put the link up there too from Matt Walsh's YouTube channel. He posted his entire speech on there which it was awesome. It was great. He did, he did a great job. And towards the beginning of it, uh, I believe Juice has the audio of this that he pulled for, for us of Matt's reaction to some knucklehead that, that tried to disrupt him, read it towards the beginning of his speech. And uh, the kid, I guess the kid stood up on a desk with a sign and tried to start shouting. And I think the kid expected more people to join in with him, but he was the, sadly the only one so this is this is how how Walsh decided to handle this. At least the poster's laminated because I saw some posters out there. <laughs> I appreciate the effort. I saw some some protesters out there were holding signs on, on loose leaf paper. It's like, come on, this guy he took the time to laminate that thing with whatever that is, and I really appreciate it. 
Like he had to go down to office space, or you know, he had to go down to to Staples with that thing. All right. Anyway. Oh, I love it. Love it. No better way to 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 prove a point than someone getting escorted out of your speech, and the whole time you get to talk trash to him as he's going out and making fun of his uh, ability to really make a difference when it comes to this. So Walsh went on to talk about, you know, the differences between males and females and, and how it's just an objective fact. And it doesn't matter what you might feel, what you might think and what you might believe at the end of the day, it's in our bones. It's in our DNA. So he brings up this point with, um, I think this was my favorite, favorite thing that he said during the speech. So Juice, why don't you give him that one for us? Leah Thomas, like any male, is male down to his bones, down to his cells, down to his DNA. When he dies and is buried beneath a giant monument celebrating him as history's greatest female athlete, 100 years from now, he could be excavated and his bones analyzed, and scientists will be very confused to discover that the greatest female athlete was a dude. <laughs> his bones will attest to the biological reality. They will not declare his pronouns. It's 100% true. He couldn't have said it any better. A hundred years from now, someone goes and digs up Leah Thomas's body. Here lies the, the fastest female swimmer of all time. And they dig up that body. All that's going to be left is bones. And the bones are going to show DNA and bones from a male. They're going to look back at us and, and ridicule this time in our, in our history. They're going to look back at us and, and just shake their heads. I don't know. I don't know how anybody is okay with this. So please, please, I can't stress enough how important of an issue this is. Don't just accept it. We need to speak up. Get your ass out of the Let them women have their glory, man. Okay. So I want to talk about how everything we watch, everything we consume, every piece of content that we're exposed to nowadays comes with some sort of left-wing wokeism shoved into it, some sort of virtue signaling. And I like, I'm sorry if this is going to do this to you, but it was one of those things that uh, Candace Owens said it best when she was asked about being able to see um some of the some of this like manipulation propaganda from the left she said it was when she first discovered thomas soul and once she saw it and once she realized this stuff you can't go back and unsee it so that's how i feel when it comes to to all the stuff that we consume that we come across throughout our day i apologize if that's going to happen to you and and it's going to frustrate you but Hopefully, it will open your eyes a little bit and you'll start seeing some of the same stuff too and, and realize why we why keep consuming this? Why bother? So if we don't see it, if we don't notice it, they're never going to change it, right? The only way to change this stuff is by refusing to consume it. I'm getting close to the uh, NFL. I can tell you that much. I've stopped consuming the NBA a long time ago. Um, Major League Baseball... I got no need for that anymore. Um, so I'm going to change my my style. I'm going to change the stuff I consume. Everybody will at some point. You you can't keep putting out stuff like, that they put out and it just being blatant propaganda. And the stories aren't even good. The perfect example for me was trying to watch this show on Netflix, Inventing Anna. Um, it came highly recommended. And, you know, me, me and... Me and Ashley wanted to give it a chance. We we threw it on one night and we watched one episode. That's it. We got through an episode and neither of us were were very impressed. And I'm sure she might have rolled her eyes at me uh, because we can't not go down this road anymore. Like I said, so right off, the, I was just like, "Come on, Ash! Like, how are we watching this?" I was like, "This this is." ridiculous and it stood out there were like three or four major moments for me um and and it all had to do with the main character okay 
the main character is um, somebody who writes for a magazine or a newspaper in New York, something like that. And she is clearly um, in the doghouse for, in, in the episode I watched, you never found out what she did prior to the series starting. But she's in the doghouse with her bosses for getting a story wrong or something along those lines. And she finds out this crazy story and she wants to um, she wants to interview this girl in prison who, who you know, she thinks the, the girl's story is going to be huge. And, you know, because they made a series about it, I'm, I'm assuming that obviously that is what's going to happen. But, of course, she's got corporate bosses that don't want to let her do the story. She storms into the office when they're having a meeting about stuff and demands to be put on this story. They still refuse to give her that. They assign her a different project. At one point, she comes home. Uh, it's late at night after she went and met the girl in prison. Comes home and her husband's like, where were you? And he's like, ultrasound appointment. And my wife's nowhere to be found. She apologizes and and wants to be done with it and he's clearly upset about it and she finally says this story is much more important than some genitals again i i I hate to always notice this stuff now but it's just propaganda towards the working women of the world to be like listen your job your story your pursuit of of a career is much more important than the sex of your of your baby your child that's living inside of you and and they're propping her up as as someone that you should admire for that so that jumped out at me and then later on when she does actually show up to an ultrasound appointment they're in there the doctor tells her it's uh it's gonna be a girl and she proceeds to say the f word in all different forms and crying and grabbing her head husband's like what is going on and her whole point is she starts saying oh this is real now this is gonna be i thought i'd be a little bit better off at work before i was required to care for somebody else and be in charge of somebody else and she tells the husband before you start to tell me that i should be joyful in having a daughter You need to realize that the loss of my career, the loss of the thing that lights up my brain, do not make me feel guilty about losing that. Again, what what's the message here about what what a baby is? Right? How much does that uh, prop up the abortion support? How much how much does that? advocate for abortion right there how many how many people might watch that and then be like oh you know what i do i can fix my career first i need to worry about my career is more important than this baby that's getting in the way that it's gonna make me lose everything that that lights up my brain so let me let me get rid of this thing this this thing that's living inside of me that i'm gonna be required to care for oh whoa man because it's much more important to write for a tabloid magazine and, and be a news reporter or to be a CEO or to be a teacher or to be a doctor or a nurse. That's the message. But at the end of the day, the most important thing any of us can do is become a parent. The most important job that that woman is going to have in her life is mother to her child. Just like my most important job is being a father to my kids. Don't lose sight of that. And that's what this left progressive idealistic agenda wants to promote. They want you to think that way. So then you just turn over your parental rights to the government, to the left. And they can shape your kids and raise your kids for you while you go and focus on your work and your career and and lighting up your own brain. It's the whole theme of, of what I started with today. That's what's happening in our schools right now. And it's all connected. What else does she say in this? Oh, <laughs> at one point when she does, um, she gets caught for, you know, not doing what she was supposed to be doing and, and working on this story instead. And when she 
has, gets called into her boss's office over it, um, or, or like the CEO, it looked like the big boss, he, he gives her a hard time for undermining her direct superior, right? And she keeps forcing her way, and he finally gives in to her um, and says she can do it for a couple weeks or whatever, but he needs to see results. She leaves, her direct boss comes in and says to the guy, you, you completely, you know, undermined me there. And the big boss says to the other guy, don't worry, she'll be on maternity leave in a couple of months. Are you kidding me? Like, again, the big, bad corporate men in the world sitting there scheming together how this annoying, strong-willed, heroic female character is going to be out of their hair on maternity leave, and they won't have to worry about her anymore. Um, last thing on this one is she, she uh, also gives the husband a death look when he, when he says, you don't need that stress in your life. Why don't you take the, this time off now, have the baby, and, and be home for a year, and then jump back into the work, workplace. She gives him a death stare and tells him, don't even go there. So what's the alternative, though, right? Because it's like it's everywhere. That's on Netflix, um, Disney+, Plus, Hulu, Peacock, any of it. Um, so wh what are we left to do? I'll give you my answer. The Daily Wire, baby. Um, it, just like the Hair Club for Men guy. Not only am I uh, a, a client, I'm also an advocate, I guess, for them. So I've been subscribing to the Daily Wire for two years now. Uh, Juice is on board. Everybody I talk to, I try to tell them about this place because they got the right idea, okay? Like, I listened to their podcast. That's what got me in the door. But their vision and their idea for the company is just fantastic. Instead of being the ones who are left out, who can't speak their mind, they started their own company, and their goal is to provide content that's not dripped in wokeism like that. So they want to start making movies. They've already had... Um, two movie releases and they got a third one coming out this summer they have tv shows they got a documentary that just came out called um the enemy within and it was all about the chinese government having uh control over people of influence in this country with uh the money they generate for these people behind the scenes it, it's great it shows exactly what we're up against they just had another one that came out called unmasking fauci brilliant it th this one focused on how the guy botched the aids pandemic botched ebola um pretty much botched everything he's been involved with and you see a lot of similarities between what he was saying about uh aids and hiv to what he's saying about covid and stuff now so very very relatable and to me it it's one of those things where like okay i'm gonna do this because it's not just podcasts. Now I got docu-series. I got, um, they just added a sports show. They got movies. They got more and more they're going to keep adding. And from their point of view, and, and the thing I appreciate is the more content they add on there, the more things that are interesting from there, I don't need to have a Netflix subscription anymore. I don't need to have Peacock and Hulu and Disney Plus because I'm going to get entertainment right here that doesn't try and dumb it down for me, that doesn't try to propagandize to me with this crazy, woke leftism. So I highly recommend taking a look into them, going to dailywire.com and maybe subscribing. And I don't have my own promo co code, unfortunately, but if you do happen to subscribe, just shoot those guys an email and make sure that you let them know that you heard about the Daily Wire right here on The Right and Wrong Show. All right. So last week we talked about that bill in Florida that the left labeled the Don't Say Gay bill. Remember that bill we uh, we talked about and, and showed you? And if you looked up the text of it, you'll find that the word gay does not appear in it at all, ever. And that it's talking about kindergarten to third grade. Yeah, that bill. So all the backlash that's come from that, the uh, employees at Disney demanding that the CEO say something about it. And then when he did, 
making them say something else because that wasn't good enough, right? So I don't know if you've seen this letter circulating, but a different group of Disney employees decided to write an open letter um, to the Disney company, and they're afraid to put their names to it, unfortunately. So I'm just going to sift through this thing a little bit and um, and look to see what they what they said. They say in the uh, in the letter here. Over the last few years, one group of cast members has become invisible within the company. The Walt Disney Company has come to be an increasingly uncomfortable place to work for for those of us whose political and religious views are not explicitly progressive. Yep. I think they nailed it right there, and I'm sure we've all felt this same way within our own jobs kind of the theme of the episode today so think back at how many times you might have felt like that at your workplace right they go on to say we watch quietly as our beliefs come under attack from our own employer and we frequently see those who share our opinions condemned as villains by our own leadership how are you supposed to feel about yourself going into work if you're a, a devoted catholic not the fake devoted Catholic like President uh, Biden tries to claim. Uh, um, what am I doing here? But like an actual devoted Catholic who doesn't want their kids to be indoctrinated into this uh, gender ideology. How would you feel about that if the company always has to weigh in on, on these issues and it's never in your favor? The letter goes on. The Walt Disney Company leadership frequently communicates its commitment to creating an inclusive workplace where cast members feel comfortable sharing their perspectives and being their authentic selves at work. That is not our workplace experience. Wow. Um, I mean, we know they're right. Does that surprise anybody? Nope, not at all. Continuing. Over the last few weeks, we have watched as our leadership has expressed their condemnation for laws and policies we support. We have watched as our colleagues, convinced that no one in the company could possibly disagree with them and grow increasingly aggressive in their demands. They insist that the Walt Disney Company take a strong stance on not only this issue, but other legislation and openly advocate for the punishment of employees who disagree with them. This is the left wing's playbook. This is their ideology. They genuinely think you do not deserve to have a job within the company that they work at if you don't buy into the progressive wokeism. They really believe that. Reading again from the, from the letter. As much as diversity and inclusion are promoted, the tomorrow being reimagined doesn't seem to have much room for religious or political conservatives within the company. Left-leaning cast members are free to promote their agenda and organize on company time using company resources. They call their fellow employees bigots and pressure the Walt Disney Company to use corporate influence to further their left-wing legislative goals. This letter is phenomenal. I wonder how much you're going to hear about this one on CNN. It continues, We do our work without bringing our personal beliefs into the workplace. We don't want to rock the boat, but the boat is being rocked and our leadership seems compelled to reward those who are rocking it. That, again is a statement on the society that we live in today. If you don't get your way, you can stomp, complain, you can throw a temper tantrum, and you'll get your way. Most of this stuff has no business being in the workplace. The left loves to try to um, make the right feel strange for wanting to engage in the, quote, culture wars. They're the ones who bring this into every aspect of society but then get mad at us for noticing it and for pushing back against it. This doesn't need, this didn't need to be brought into the workplace. 
when a bill gets passed in Florida by the governor, you don't need to run to the CEO of Disney to ask his opinion on it. When a, a bill gets passed in the state of Georgia, you don't need to go run to Major League Baseball and ask what their opinion is on it and get them to change the location of their all-star game because they disagree with that legislation. It's insane. Why you expect corporation CEOs to have to weigh in is beyond me, but they do it because they know that they can hold them over the barrel. They know that the CEO or the corporation just doesn't want the bad press. So they'll do whatever the, the woke hold them hostage to do because a few of them bitch and moan on Twitter about it. The letter goes on to say that some of our more conservative customers will feel similarly unwanted. You can only preach at or vilify your audience for so long before they decide to spend their money elsewhere. Ding, 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 ding. That's where I'm at. You might not find two bigger fans of Walt Disney World than me and my man Juicebox over there, right across from me. Maybe Bones, he, he's up there. But this is going to turn me off. I love Disney World. I love that place. And I'm losing my desire to want to go back there if they're going to keep doing stuff like this. And you know what? For as long as we can remember, we haven't had somewhere else to spend our money. But that's the perfect example of the story I just talked about. The Daily Wide doesn't have a uh, amusement park that you can go to, but at least they're creating content instead of having to rely on Disney+. Plus. So these corporations, they're going to realize, they're going to they're gonna figure out that people are going to go elsewhere. And, and people that um, are opportunistic are going to start creating companies that are going to appeal to conservatives and, and to people that are sick of the wokeism. They're gonna they're gonna create companies that that will start taking the money away from these ridiculous woke companies that that want to be involved in this in these culture wars right now. Um, what else did it say? Every year, millions of guests escape an increasingly divided world to a place where they can relive fond memories of the past and savor the challenge and promise of the future. They do this alongside thousands of other guests that might not have anything in common with them other than a shared love of Disney. Amen, my brother. Amen. Also, it says, CEO Bob Chapek had the right idea in his original statement that he has since walked back. In Chapek's own words, quote, As we have seen time and again, corporate statements do very little to change outcomes or minds. Instead, they are often weaponized by one side or the other to further divide and inflame, end quote. He's exactly correct with that, and that's how the guy wanted to handle it at first. And the leftists kicked, screamed, cried and complained, and he took that one back and further apologized. Another very important lesson that we need to realize, and you're going to learn the more you listen to me here, is do not apologize. Do not walk back your statements. When you make a statement, if you say something, own it, okay? Because if you apologize, it's not going to do anything for you. They're still going to try and cancel you. They're still going to come after you. You made a statement for a reason. Stand by your statement, Mr. Chapek, and, and stop doing the left's bidding, How'd they stop Freddy Krueger in the original Nightmare on Elm Street? Once you don't believe in him, right? You ignore him, then he doesn't have any power anymore. That's how you deal with these bullies on Twitter and these leftist, woke, nonsense people. And how do you deal with a bully? You stand up to him, right? Punch the bully right back in the nose and they stop bullying you. So we have those two options. Don't give in to them, though. That's the last thing you should do. We can either ignore the left, we can ignore the woke, or we can push right back directly in their faces. But what we can't do is pretend that it's not happening, pretend that they're not there, and just silently accept it and move on. What are you going to do? Are you ready to do what's right? 
because I want you to stop doing what's wrong. All right, so it's about that time for the people segment, that one that everybody just loves so much. Uh, I know a lot of people on Minot Street are a huge fan of this segment. So without further ado, let's uh, head on in and, and get to our come on man segment for today. I don't know if you guys have heard yet, um, but Showtime has this show coming out called Everything's Gonna Be All White. And we're going to play the trailer for you. It's horrifying. Absolutely ridiculous how anything like this could be accepted, promoted, and allowed. Showtime is done for me. I'm, I'm never getting that channel again. Uh, and we're also going to play you a little clip from Boston's favorite mayor, Queen Wu, mayor mandate herself. And you've probably heard about it already, but she made uh, a pretty, pretty horrifying statement at the stupid Irish breakfast roast that these politicians do every year, get together for a little bit of grab ass where, again, they think they're the only uh, people in the world surround yourselves with a bunch of people that tell you you're great and you start to begin you you start to begin to think that you're great so that's may a mandate in a nutshell but anyways juice why don't you play those uh these two clips for them okay i think what annoys me most about white people is when they pretend like they're the victim (laughs) what's also annoying is when they you know when they kill us What is fragile about whiteness when everything has been constructed around it? Every part of who I am has been distorted or criminalized. It's really just a bunch of white lies. (laughs) We're storming the Capitol! You're not patriots. You're ridiculous. One of the definitions of American whiteness is ignorance. White people, we are not your problem. You are. Should white people today feel any responsibility for slavery? <laughs> Hell yeah. White Jesus or black Jesus? Jesus was not white. Think of geography. Ain't no way Jesus walked around with blonde hair and blue eyes. White culture fears the end of the world. For us as native people, the end of the world already happened like multiple times. Symbols and monuments, these are mementos of racism. Bring that statue down. What about TCBY yogurt or something? Everybody can get behind. <laughs> the truth has to be told about history. We have to make sure that these stories are told from our perspective. There's always hope. No saying we don't give up. It's about obliterating systemic and institutionalized racism. Wild place, y'all. It's a wild place. I know Harriet and Frederick be up there just like, what is they gonna do? This past winter was pretty intense. Trial by snow, trial by fire, fighters union. I'm getting used to dealing with problems that are expensive, disruptive, and white. I'm talking about snowflakes. Snowflakes. I mean snowstorm snowflakes. Yep. You heard that correctly. Where on this planet would you ever be able to say anything like that about anybody else? It's non-existent. And that's supposed to be okay. Slavery happened in this country. So me, as a 37-year-old who was born in 1985, can be degraded like that, can be told that, that I have a whiteness problem can be just humiliated, that's okay. It's mind-boggling to me that something like that from a mayor of a major city like the city of Boston can get away with saying that, and she can disguise it all she wants as it's a joke or it's a roast or anything like that, but you know how this stuff goes. Anybody else makes a joke or a roast or anything like that, going the other way they'd be out of a job they'd be forced to resign and this lady's a joke she's been horrible since she's come in 
She's Boston's own uh, Cersei Lannister over there, just treating her subjects horribly. And then she's going to go and degrade them like that, too. It's a joke. She should be ashamed of herself. And I want to hear everybody from the Boston City Council, where are you on condemning that? Why aren't you telling her that, that she owes the entire white community in the city of Boston an apology for that? Where's the uproar? And how about that show? Like, get out of here with that. You're going to sit there and try and shove that down their throats and think that you're funny? I don't know about you guys, but Showtime, Mayor Mandate, Queen Wu, all I have to say to you guys is a big, fat, come on, man. And that's everything we have for you today on the program. Thank you, as always, for joining in. Um, send us an email at rightandwrong617 at gmail.com. Hit me up on Twitter at ddruka617. Talk to the Juice Box, producer Juice, at Juicebox1423. Bro. Let us know what uh, what you like, what you don't like about the show. If there's a topic you think we should cover, hit us up. We want uh, We want this to be the people's show, so you tell us what you want to hear about. Until next time, until next week. My name is Brian Ruka, and this has been Right and Wrong, and I got nothing else to say except thanks for having me. Man, what are so we talking long. about? Right, right and wrong. Come on, man. What are we talking about? Right, right and wrong. Corn Pop was a bad dude. <laughs> Whoa. Corn Pop was a bad dude. <laughs> Whoa. Come on, man. What are we talking about? Right, right and wrong. Come on, man. What are we talking about? Right, right and wrong. Corn Pop was a bad dude. <laughs> Whoa. Corn Pop was a bad dude.